declare the victory over things in our life this morning. Yeah.
looking at all the junk stuff that I didn't need and trying to decide what I was going to grab while I was in there, and nothing sounded good. You ever have those days where you're hungry and nothing just sounds good, like you just didn't hit the spot? You're hungry, but you don't know what you want. And just as we were singing, I mean, I thought, man, I'm hungry. I should have got something to eat. <laughs> but what I realized is what, I was, what I'm really hungry for this morning, and I, I can get days without eating. Because what I'm really hungry for is just a move of God today. Just to really feel His presence. When He walks in the room, when the Spirit comes and starts moving, when He begins to move our hearts, there's no food that can satisfy. There's no drug, there's no anything that can satisfy the way that just one simple move of God can in our heart. When you feel His presence, but this scripture, it's just, it's just so heavy in my spirit this morning. And the thing is, I want us to read this together here in a second. But the thing is, is this scripture says, you know, do we have King James Version on that? Okay, I think we do. If we do, find me that in King James, because I want... sometimes that waiting on the Lord when we're tired, waiting on the Lord whenever we're weary, waiting on the Lord when we're sick, waiting on the Lord when we don't feel Him, in our mind we think we're sitting in a waiting room. Plop down like sitting in the doctor's office or getting your oil changed or whatever and you're sitting there and you're passing the time waiting for everything to show up and happen for you. When really what we're waiting for is us being like a waiter and a wait staff, a servant as we serve the Lord. As you're waiting on your meal, that's what we think. We, we think we're sitting in a restaurant waiting on our meal to come because the waiter has taken our stuff. But see, that's what that is. That's what that wait is. It means while we're serving the Lord, waiting on Him, as we're praising the Lord, waiting on him. We're not in a waiting room sitting and just waiting for him to show up and do something. We're waiting on him and serving him. And we're giving him our best. So let's read this together and I honestly have to turn around and read back here. I don't think my eyes can read that, that clear. But I want us to read this together and just let it let it penetrate your heart this morning. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. That's the word of God. Those that wait upon the Lord, those that are serving Him, in our dry times, in our tired times, shall renew your strength. You're going to mount up with wings as eagles, and you're going to run and not be weary, and you're going to walk and not faint, even though you feel like you can't go another mile, even though you're tired, even though you're fearful. All those things as we wait and we serve, Jesus, you change it. 
Alright, Jude chapter 1, we're going to extend on out. If I had to title this message today, it's How Hot Is Your Coffee? Everybody say, How Hot Is Your Coffee? Jude chapter 1, that one and only chapter, starting at verse 1, it says, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of Jesus, to those who are called loved by God, the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. That's us, right? We're called by the Father, we're kept for Jesus Christ. That's the Christians. This is to us, so listen up. All right? Here's what he says. May mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. How many of us could use some love, mercy, and peace multiplied in our lives? Yes. Amen? This is talking to us. May it be multiplied to us. Dear friends, although I was eager to write you about the salvation we share, I found it necessary to write appealing to you. You guys ready for this? We've got to do something here, I think, for these three things to be multiplied to us. To contend. Everybody say contend. For the faith that was delivered to the saints once and for all. For some people were designed for this judgment long ago, have come in by stealth. When he's talking about false teachers that, that have come in by stealth. Like, uh, stealth is kind of sneaky. Everybody, anybody heard of the stealth bomber? You know, you don't, it goes at like, a, it breaks the sound barrier. You, you, you hear when they're there because it makes a boom. But you don't see it because it's so fast. Alright? So, he's talking about false teachers that, that were, uh, that, were uh, that have come in by stealth. They are ungodly turning the grace of our God into sensuality and denying Jesus Christ our only Master and Lord. Jude's purpose in writing this letter was twofold. He wanted to expose false teachers that had infiltrated the Christian community and he wanted to encourage Christians to stand firm in the faith and fight. It sounds like a battle plan to me, right? To fight, to be active, to, to work hard for what God wants us to do, to contend. That word contend right there, you know what it means? It means to struggle for. So if I want peace, mercy, and love to be multiplied to me, I need to contend for the faith. I need to struggle for it. And how many of you know sometimes in this world, it's a struggle. Amen? It's a struggle. But the fact is, the church has stopped struggling for the faith along the way. They, they, we, as we go on, the church looks more and more like the world. When did we stop fighting for the faith? We was at a JYC training uh, uh, a week ago, and, and uh, one of the schools had told one of our leaders that they couldn't put a, that they got a new principal, they couldn't put something up there for Jesus because they would have to put stuff up there for witches and, and stuff like that. And I get that, but when did we stop fighting for the truth? Right. When did we stop allowing Christians to do things and then just address the issues if they come up? Address them then and deal with them then. But instead, we want to just shut everything. The world wants to just shut everything down. Amen. See, the world does not want you fighting for the faith. It's amazing. Amen. Homosexuality and things like that, they let all of that stuff go. But if you go to, to express the love of Jesus Christ in some way, shape, or form, they right. want to shut it down because right. it's so controversial. Right. Of course it's controversial. Right. Because, amen, we want the world to live like Jesus. We are fighting for our faith. Yes. Contending. To struggle for it. Do you realize the same word that we get contend is the same. Uh, this is also the same place we get the word agonize. How many of us, when's the last time we agonized for the faith? What do we do a lot of times? We try to fit in. We try to fit in. We don't agonize. What do we do? We just shut, we just shut down and quit talking. Maybe that's why prayer is even out of schools. Because the church didn't stand up and struggle for it enough. Agonize for it enough. Maybe that's why we got some family members that's lost. Amen. Because we're not agonizing over them. We don't have the battle plan that we're struggling over. That we're fighting the good fight. How do we fight? What's our main?
main source of uh, fighting. I mean, it is to pray to God. I mean, God's the reason that we can do anything that we do. He's the reason we win. Even if we got to get out there and actually do the fighting, it's still through the power of Jesus Christ. And we quit agonizing over that a lot of times. But yet we want the mercy, peace, and the love multiplied to us. We want those things. We, we think of ourselves as adults, but you realize we really act like kids a lot of times. What do kids do? Don't be mad at me. Get this dog for me. I'll help you take care of it. And it's like, Josh, go feed the dog. I'm tired. He's pretty good now, but or they, they don't want to keep up with it. I mean, what we act like a lot of times as Christians is give us the reward, but we don't want to put the work for right to get it. Right. We need to contend. We need to contend for the faith. So to kind of help us to understand what we need to be. I got three cups up here and you probably cannot see them. Uh, what's wrote on them. But one says hot. Okay? One says cold. And one says lukewarm. Alright? So if the word of God is not uh, convicting you somewhere along the way, right. amen, there's something wrong. It's not being done. There is none of us that it's not being done right because none of us is perfect. Amen? Nobody wants a preacher to say something that make us feel bad, but you realize the Word of God is supposed to convict us. It's supposed to call us into action. It's supposed to change, uh, amen, uh, it's supposed to exhort or push us towards a change. We are not perfect people. Right. Amen? So, uh, I want to illustrate here a little bit, you know, the Bible talks about in Revelation that if you are lukewarm, it'll spew you out of your mouth. Okay? Part of our battle plan, I mean, what's happened is the Christians, uh, they're neither hot or cold, but they became lukewarm. Amen? Sometimes they get like a cold brew and they add uh, way too much coffee and they hype themselves up on caffeine where, and they get dependent upon the caffeine to where they cannot function without it. Amen? We, the world gets dependent upon all of these things and it's not Jesus Christ. Amen. They get dependent on these things and they can't function without it. But where is the days that we were hot? Right. See, when we first get saved, we are on fire for Christ. Amen. We can, uh, I heard a preacher say, we can storm the gates of hell with a squirt gun. Amen. We can battle and, and, just, and, and just do great things because we're on fire. Okay. When we, when it, it's hot. It's, it's good with the right amount of if you're into that kind of thing, I'm not a black coffee person. But, and then you've got your sinners, amen, that, that is like a cold cup of coffee. It's not really the way it was originally meant to be, amen. It don't taste good at all. Amen. There, when you taste it, you automatically know that it's not a hot cup of coffee. See, we need to be on fire for Christ and be like the hot cup of coffee. The sinners, amen, the one that are true sinners, guess what? They're going to act like sinners. Yeah. You know that they, they're not right with God. They're cold, okay? But the problem is the church has become lukewarm a lot of times. Yeah. Amen? Anybody ever picked up a cup of coffee that's been setting for a while and it's got a hint of coldness to it? And maybe you like that kind of thing, but most people, it is not right. Right. You taste it, and it's got like a hint of cold to it, and it just tastes horrible. And a lot of times what we do, we, we spit it right out of our mouths. You realize in the book of Revelation, like I said, it talked about if you're lukewarm, he'll, he'll spew you out of his mouth. See, the church looks like coffee, Smells like coffee, but we're not on fire anymore. Why? Why are we not on fire? How do we let ourselves become lukewarm? First Timothy chapter 6, verse 3 through 12. If anyone teaches false doctrine and does not agree with the sound teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ and with the teaching that promotes godliness... He is conceited and understands nothing. But he has an unhealthy interest.
in disputes and arguments. Anybody ever dealt with somebody who just wants to argue with you all the time? Always wants to dispute you. Always want to raise up strife and, and drama queens. Amen. Listen, I teach my kids. Amen. Don't be a drama queen. Amen. I told Kylie here just the other day, and, and I, I, I'll tell on her or whatever. She started something, and I could tell immediately it was going. It, it was going down this uh, kind of drama type path. I was like, listen, you need to stop. And once I pick up on that, uh, I, I say something. I catch it. You don't need to be a drama queen. Every time you talk to somebody at, at school or at work, don't need to be causing strife and arguments and all this kind of stuff. We need to be people of peace, love, and mercy. We need to train our kids how to be men and women of God and not go around causing drama all the time. Amen. And feed people feed off of that. Amen. Our kids, if we let them, they will feed off of it. Amen. They need to be founded in Christ, in love and mercy and peace. Not the fact of who's dating who and who got in a fight on the football field. Listen, we all talk about that stuff, but there's some people, it's just drama. I can't believe they did this. I can't believe that that they did that. Did you hear what so-and-so does? Sometimes we just need to keep our mouth yes. shut. Can I hear an amen? amen? Amen. Let's read on here. From those, from the from these come envy, quarreling, slander, evil suspicions, and constant disagreement among people whose minds are deprived, prayed and deprived of the truth. Who imagine that godliness is a way to material gain. We go to church so God will bless us and give us the things that we want. We give in the offering because he said it's blessed to give and receive. You'll reap what you sow. I'm going to give my dollar this Sunday so he can give me $100 next week. There's people out there. They do that. And see, the thing is, the church is infiltrated. You've got homosexuals, amen, in pastoral roles, amen, working in leadership roles in the church, amen. There's false doctrines and false teachers out there. How do we, how do, that, how do we become lukewarm, amen? Because we listen to the false teachers. We're not established enough in Christ to know when somebody is teaching us wrong and right. leading us wrong. Right. See, people want to look to the pastor and to the leaders for all the answers. Amen. For 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 uh, for that, that they're right. Amen. And they should be. They should have a relationship. But there's false teachers out there that have infiltrated the church that is breeding lies. Yeah. And we become lukewarm because we listen to them. They act like it's easy to serve Christ, and that no matter what you do. You're not ever going to be away from me. Once you get saved, you're not going to make it to heaven. I believe that once I get saved, i got to live for Christ or I'm not going to make it to heaven. Amen. We become lukewarm because we don't have the personal relationship. We don't have the strategy. See, when we have our strategy and we're praying on things, we're not only asking God, but we're also building that personal relationship with God. We're building that personal relationship with God. It's amazing how true it is when it talks about false people having interest in disputes. They want to argue their way, that their way is right. And here's the thing. False teachers, what they really want, they want you to agree that their way is the right way. They want they people out there that believe the wrong way. Amen. They, they can't accept the fact that we're supposed to love them and that's the way that's supposed to be. That's not good enough for them. They want you to love them, but to love to them means you agree that their lifestyle is right. Yeah. But my word tells me to contend for the faith. I can love you, but completely disagree with the way that you're living. Yes. I can love you and completely have a relationship with God to where he can tell me the people that I need to hang around. Yeah. But the problem is 
We don't have a battle plan a lot of the church because they become lukewarm. Let's read on. But godliness and contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out. If we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation. And many foolish and har uh, harmful desires which plunge people into ruin and, dis and, and destruction. Another way that we become lukewarm is we get lazy. We get lazy. Listen, I am. I'm a firm believer, and we gotta watch what we do, even for Christ, to make sure we don't overextend ourselves. If we do too much, if we do too much, then we're not effective in anything. Amen. So we want to be effective. So we gotta make sure what we're doing is what God wants us to be doing. Yeah. And and. Do just what he wants us to do. Amen. But but what happens is there's some people that get lazy. They come to church and they don't want to do nothing. They don't want to create a battle plan. They don't want to proactively act for Christ. Amen. Even though I can give them scriptures. Amen. We talked talk about it today. We need to contend for the faith. Amen. Part of that contending is praying. But they don't want to take the time to set and write something down. Because we're too busy. Too busy for God? Listen, I get it. I'm preaching at myself too. I get busy sometimes. Sometimes, amen, my prayers may be kind of short and, 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 and to the point because I've done so much stuff during the day, there's not enough time. Shame on me. Shame on us. When did we start making God the last thing of our day? We get lazy sometimes. We don't want to do anything. Listen, I've mentioned, I've mentioned for like three weeks about somebody cleaning a church, and and and, and, and we've had people volunteer and, and things like that, but nobody's broke the door down and been trying to, to let us know that I've cleaned the church. Well, Pastor, why is it serving God? I gotta clean the church. Listen, you can serve God in all kinds of ways. Amen. We can serve God in all kinds of ways. Are we too good to clean the church? Am I too good to scrub a commode? Absolutely not. Hey, clean is better than replacing the commode. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, We've already talked about it a little bit. The third way that we become lukewarm is we strive for material gain more than spiritual game. You realize the church has to watch because we try to live the American dream in church. Yeah. Listen, I love having the nice keyboards. I love having the nice lights. I love all that stuff. That stuff's great. And wonderful. But I've got to make sure that I'm not trying to I'm not doing all this stuff for material game. Yeah, right. Instead of gaining souls to Christ. That stuff's how we become Lukewarm. We lose our focus. We lose our focus. We we get a mentality of entitlement. I think that America is plagued with that attitude of entitlement. You owe me this. Really. I'm a wretched sinner saved by grace, and I'm going to say you owe me something? Sin always requires death. Nobody owes me anything. God don't owe me anything. If anything, I owe my life to Him. Yes. Amen? And we've got to always remember that. Listen, we do it all the time and don't even realize it. We go to McDonald's and if they ain't quick enough, we think that they ought to be faster. Because this is fast food and I'm entitled to get my food faster. Yeah. What would happen if we just slow down a little bit and realize I don't deserve anything. It's by the mercy and grace of God yes. that I'm even here. Yeah. That makes me a hot Christian. Amen. If it's cold, the sinners in the world that's cold when they realize that they need Jesus. Amen. And that they're cold, they're good for nothing except tossing out on the grass. <laughs> yeah. Then they become hot. God heats them up and warms them up. 
and they become good. Amen. And they satisfy. Amen. But it's through the power of God. But a lot of Christians, they're right here. They don't realize it, but they're still yeah. good for nothing. They're still good for nothing. Yes, and if anything else, we know when somebody's hot. When you take a lukewarm drink of coffee, you don't realize it. And it almost can make you sick, maybe yeah. at times. Yeah. See, But they're supposed to be hot. But they turn out being lukewarm. Yeah. They turn out being lukewarm. How do we become how do we become hot? Let's read on uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're going to look at verse 10 right here. It says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and by craving it, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. We talk about that. That's how we become lukewarm. But how do we become hot? But you, man of God, flee from these things. Pursue. That sounds a lot like contend. To struggle for or fervent would means to be active. Kind of wet night, kind of weird how the battle, how the Bible all kind of intertwines together, huh? Pursue righteousness. This is how I become hot. Contend or pursue for righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight. It didn't say walk the good fight. It didn't say, tell your brother over here to stand up and say something good for the Lord. Amen. And let him tell your good fight. It says for you to fight the good fight. You, me, every one of us, we must fight the good fight. If not, we're going to go from hot to lukewarm. If I want to stay hot, amen, you want that coffee hot? It's got to be put in a microwave and heated up a little bit. Amen. Sometimes we need God to heat us up a little bit in the microwave. But we, and to do that, amen, we got to let him have control and we've got to do our part. Fight. Everybody say fight. Fight. We got too many weak Christians. We've got to gain our pursuit back. How many of us actually pursue after Jesus? A lot of us suffer from spiritual ADD. Yeah. <laughs> we get so many things happening that we can't focus on one particular thing. The enemy sees how we do, so he launches attacks to keep us distracted. We have spiritual ADD, a lot of us. We can't focus on God and fight the good fight because we're distracted by all the battles and the circumstances that's going on. We must keep our focus. What if we quit playing defense when we are gaining ground because we're too busy fighting all the fires? Like I said here recently, no part of our spiritual armor is geared for you to run away. It's all geared for you to fight and to stand and to be face to face with your enemy.